instead of starting with the Hebrew letter, which is the vowel, which is the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, I felt very compelled as I was looking at this to go over the number six. Cause, because this is the chapter, to me, where everything turns. Okay? Um, in this chapter, we're going to be introduced to the seven seals, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And then in chapter seven is when we have the respite, the respite, where God says, I'm going to choose the 144,000 and I'm going to take the church from the earth and 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 the whole ingathering is going to happen. So what, as you read into Revelation chapter six, it seems like it's a very gruesome moment in the history of mankind because the picture that John, the revelator, gives us is one of... Um, he sees the Messiah holding the scrolls and he starts to break them open. So as he breaks them open, we start to see the angels being, not the angels, the horsemen and the seals, at least the first four horsemen set loose upon the earth, each with a different task. Now, when we talked about this in Revelation chapter 5, one of the things that we spoke about was that the seven spirits of God, which is the seven acts of wisdom that we've spoken about, directly correlate which each, with each seal that's going to be opened. So when each seal is opened, each um, of those seven spirits are going to be the focus of the judgment that's going on to the earth. Or not the judgment, well, yeah, the judgment. So I wanted to talk tonight about, first of all, the number six. Because it's extremely important. And I didn't realize how important it was until I started looking. Now, everybody on the planet, I think, whether they're a Bible person or not, knows that 666 is the number of the beast. And thanks to Iron Maiden, that's when I first heard it. Okay? That was a fantastic album, by the way. Um, so, but that, but, so everybody on the planet knows it. But the problem is nobody understands it. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are a lot of people that understand it. But when you look in the congregations, they'll tell you what 666 means but they won't explain, they don't understand it. They just know it's 666. It is, but it isn't. And that, that's the thing. When we start to look at this, we are going to start to uncover things that, again, when we look at this through Hebrew, it changes the perspective and it changes the outlook of what this chapter actually means. All right, so... The first thing we're going to do is talk about the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet is the vowel. We've talked about that so many times, right? It it means nail, right? Um, so we're that's we're just going to leave it at that for the second, okay? But 
if you were to say six in Hebrew, you wouldn't say vow. Okay, you would say shisha. Okay, shisha is how you say six in Hebrew. And it's an interesting word because if you look at it and it's in the notes right there, it's one of the very, 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 very few words that have a double sheen at the beginning. You see the letter sheen, and we all know that that's God's letter, right? But there's two of them. It's very rare in Hebrew to see that, okay? Now what we do is we take a look at the Hebrew letter vow. With that in mind, we have a double sheen, and that is how you, shisha, is how you say the number six. The letter vow is the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, right? It means to, it means literally hook or nail, spiritually to be completed, and the word picture is of being joined together or being bound to something. Okay? So when we, we talk about the pictograph, which, you know, is the, the, the hieroglyphic, okay, when, the way it was originally written, the word picture, um, we could see that it means hook, nail, um, to connect, tent peg, to add to and attach. But I've said before, when you read it in a sentence as a prefix, it would mean and. Okay? Now, what starts to happen when we look at this, especially in this chapter, the number six reveals whether we are bound to Hashem or whether we are bound to our own flesh and the beast. So shisha and the vow are going to go hand in hand right now. So before we talk about any of that, we have to understand what is the theme of this chapter. And the theme of this chapter is, are you bound to God? Or are you bound to your own flesh and the beast? The stanim, Satan. That's just the title. So I wanted to start with Matthew chapter 27, verses 40, 44 and 45 for a reason. What we have is the Messiah has went on the cross at the third hour, which would have been 9 o'clock in the morning. And those of you who remember, and I have it written down, some translations will say, and then from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness fell upon the land. At the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness falls on the land. And that's important because what was happening in heaven during that sixth hour? Okay. So the number six, Shisha, I said in Hebrew, is connected through the vow, right? Because the vow is the connector. Is everybody, right? You all with me? Okay, it's connected to the image of man, it's connected to the beast, it's connected to flesh, to work, to sacrifice, to intimacy, to knowledge, sacrificial love. The number six goes with Adam, relationship, and judgment. 
And it is also the number associated with the, in Hebrew, uh, Satan or Stanim, the Satans, right? He's one guy, not named, sitting in heaven, right near the throne, constantly accusing us. It's all his demons that are running around doing all the, all the crap, okay? He's refined. I want you to understand that. So as he is, I want you to try to envision this as we talk about the letter, the, the, the number six. Here is Satan before the king of glory who is sitting on the throne casting aspersions what kind of torment do you think he is undergoing because he's basically basically sitting at the feet of God himself looking up saying well this one's guilty and this one's guilty and this and this and this and this understand he's never been let loose he's not let loose Scripture says that day and night he casts aspersions before the Father in heaven. It says before the Father in heaven. This cat is in heaven and not as a welcomed visitor, as a prisoner. He tried to overthrow the throne, the very throne he tried to overthrow. He's now like a dog sitting there. And going, oh, but he did this. Well, James did this, and Billy did this, and Billy did that, and Billy did this. And God's saying, you're defeated. He loves me. That sin's gone. What else you got? I'm going to move on to this one and this one. Okay, well, that one's gone too. What else you got? Understand what's happening in heaven right now. We got it wrong. Right? It's the demons running around that are the ones that are causing all the issues yeah he's in charge which is why it says for after a thousand years he lets satan out off the chain that's when he lets him go okay so understand the scene in heaven right now okay so mankind always projects one of two images Mankind is always is, is either going to project the image of God or he's, they're going to project the image of the flesh. And it's represented by two things. On the sixth day, God created what? Man and all the beasts of the field and everything. So when we reflect God's image, we're reflecting the day of the creation. When we don't reflect God's image, we're reflecting the flesh of man in the number six. So Hosea 10, chapter 7 and 8, is eventually what John sees and he quotes later on in chapter 6. This is crazy. Hosea chapter 10, verse 7 and 8 says, and, and, and like I said, we've spoken about Banias a thousand times. We've spoken about Pan, so get, let's see who remembers their lesson. 
Shomron's king, which is um, uh, Samaria's king, okay? Shomron's king will perish like foam on the surface of the water. Destruction will come to the high places of Aben. That is, to the sin of Israel. Thorns and thistles will grow over their altars, saying to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. We go back to Peter's confession when he says, thou art the Messiah. You are the Messiah, the son, the natural born son of the living God. Jesus' response was what? You are now, you are Peter. And upon Aben, I will build my gathering and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Aben, on the revelation of Ab, the father, and Ben, the son. Now what we're seeing here is the sin of mankind is so bad it goes will come to even the high places of the revelation itself when peter made his revelation it was in banius and caesarea philippi but what is the great stone what is the great rock the great stone the great rock is the temple mount where the temple is built So he's saying that the sins will go even to the high places of the revelation of who God the Father is and God the Son is and nobody's going to hide. Because at this moment, he's saying that you have to take a side. Will you stay loyal to me? In the midst of this? Or will you serve Shisha and your flesh? So you see, chapter 6 is not judgment. Chapter 6 is the test. He's setting the theme. I want you to understand that. He's setting the theme. The gospel needs to be preached. When... Does the when is the gospel more effective in bringing the truth when there is peace in the land or when there is great persecution great persecution see we get it wrong we think this is God's judgment no in the midst of great persecution people need to know the truth so what God is doing is pouring out This kind of judgment to say, who is with me and who is against me? And if you have called on my name, you need to have faith and you need to witness the truth because you should know what's coming next. And that means more to God than our own personal comfort. You see, we get scared because we have people that say, well, we're not going to be here for that because they're terrified. First of all, there's this, like James and I were talking about, there's a huge, there's an arrogant mindset that says, we're the generation that's going to see the second coming. Man, how do you know that? 
Oh, I'm going to be, I hear it. Oh, I'm going to be, no, how the heck do you know that? Because you know what? It's only, it can only happen once a year and we're right in that season. Okay. So another year is going to go by. I don't know. Is he coming? No, I'm going to tell you right now he's not coming. Why? Because not everything has been, we can't judge world events by what we see in the United States of America. We have to go back and say, John wrote these letters. Yohanan writes these letters to the eight churches in Asia Minor, which is today the the country Turkey. So if anything, let's see what's going on. We see Russia going into Ukraine. Hmm. Gog and Magog. We see China starting to do things to push the push the boundaries. Let's push the limits. Let's see how far we can get before we have to be pushed back. Neither one of them can sustain a long-term war. Understand that, right? Russia can't even defeat the Ukraine at this moment, much less take us on. So it's not time. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And that's not an arrogant statement to say we're not ready. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. For the Gog and the Magog to get powerful and strong, we can't be around. So, boy, that hurt. So, Aben, the father and son combined. So, in Matthew 16, 17, he says, Shimon bar Yohanan, Yeshua said to him, How blessed are you, for no human being revealed this to you, no, it was my Father in heaven. In Revelation chapter 6, it is the Father in heaven who is revealing truth from lie. As Jesus opens the seals and sends his ambassador to the earth to wreak havoc, people have to make a choice. Will you be like Peter the adopted son of Yohanan, that's ironic, and will you say, I will stand firm with Abisheb Shamayim, my father in heaven, or will you turn and be as Barabbas and say, I'm going to serve my flesh in the Shisha? You see this? Understanding this letter and this uh, this number in this letter is huge. So we're going to go to the second page and we're going to talk about the sheen in Shisha. I've already told you that it is very rare indeed to have two sheens back to back like this. It doesn't happen a lot. Um, I have a study somewhere. I just didn't get a chance to pull it up. Um, it would have been overwhelming for this right now. But let's talk a little bit about this sheen. The first word in Torah, therefore the first word in Scripture, is what? Bereshit. Bereshit. The sheen shows up. Bereshit. In the beginning. Now, Ironically, the sixth word in the Bible is va'et, the vow, 
followed by that very familiar word, et. You guys remember that word, et? Remember? Et is the exclamation point before the subject. So ironically, we have the first letter in the Bible has six, or the first word in the Bible has six letters. One of them being the sheen. Right? Shisha. Then the sixth word in the Bible begins with the letter thou, which is the sixth Hebrew letter. And it proceed, it precedes the et. Remember what the et is, the exclamation point before the subject. In this case, et ha shamaim ha ve ha eretz. The creator of the heavens and the earth. So God at this moment is establishing himself as the creator of heaven and earth. Who does he create heaven and earth for? Man. It's right there. You just didn't know it was there. Because Hebrew shows. English tells. So we're being shown something in the first word and the sixth word. And God is showing us that what? He establishes himself not only as the creator, but he is the et. The et, the beginning and the end. Is everybody seeing how this is coming together? It's crazy, right? Now, let's take it one step further with that in mind. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 8 to 9. You shall bind them, the mezuzah, as a sign on your hand. Or, I'm sorry, the mezuzah is later, but this is the, um, um, the tefillin. You will bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He's talking about the letter Sheen. So the letter Sheen is wrapped and shows itself on the forehand of the left hand. The box with the letter Sheen goes on the arm and the box goes on the forehead. When you walk into the house of a Jewish, um, of, of an observant Jew, the mezuzah is on the right side and it's tilted. Okay, you got all that. Now, here's what's interesting. The sheen, remember, all Hebrew letters are dependent on each other. When Jesus said, not a stroke or a... Um, not yeah, but it's a, a stroke or a dot. I, I don't remember exactly how he writes it. Shall pass, because everything was made up of two Hebrew letters: the vow and the yod. That's it. That's it. Well, the sheen is made up of three vows. Okay, get ready for this. Three vows. Vow has the the gematria and the numerical value of the vow is what number. Six. Sheen is made up of three vowels. Six. 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 Now, 
in this particular case, because of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 8 to 9, this is not a bad thing. Because the sheen is showing us in bare sheep who the creator of heaven and earth is. Right? And he showed himself because the nail pierced his hands on the cross. You following us? So we put it on the doorpost to commemorate what? When God went through the land of Goshen, if the doorpost was covered with the blood of the lamb, he passed over. Therefore, when you put the mezuzah, you are saying, my house is covered by the blood of the lamb so that when judgment comes, it will pass over. So if you remember, when we look at the number six, it dictates one of two things. Do you worship the creator of heaven and earth or do you worship your flesh and Satan? Now you see it. So the he, when you read, but the number is a human number. In other words, God did not ordain that number. God ordained the Hebrew alphabet upon which everything has been built. On the vowel and the yod. So when he says, oh no... This is a human number. What he's saying is what you're falling prey to is Satan counterfeits the sheen to make it his own with the three vowels, which is why that six, six, six represents the flesh and the desires of man, which are being prodded by the beast himself. So when God seals the 144,000 in the next chapter, he's putting his sheen on top, his signet ring, right? Remember, that's what the seal was. It was a ring, and he jammed it in. And what do you think is being put on their hearts? And what do you think is being put on their heads? The sheen, because they have shown themselves to be worshipers of Hashem. But for those who did not, they are being marked with the number, the man-made number of the beast, which is what? Six, six, six. And in Revelation chapter 13, 16, and 18, it says what? It is the counterfeit mark of Satan and the beast, right? It's the complete revelation of man's contempt for God and devotion to himself. Revelation 13, 16 and 18 says this. Also, it forces everyone, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his what? His right hand and on his forehead. Why? Because the mark of Hashem is on the left hand because it's the closest to the heart. The mark of the beast is on the right hand because it's the furthest away from the heart. Understand 666 is a human number. It is not ordained by Hashem. It never has been ordained. It is a result of the flesh that wants to be deceived 
and wants its own desires, which is why he says in the Torah, I am going to allow false prophets into your midst to deceive you because in your hearts you are wicked. And I'm going to allow them to deceive you and they will give you the things you want and it will do nothing but lead to your captivity and your destruction. So, we're going to close with this. There's, there's important sixes in the Bible that we have to understand. There's a ton of them. But I only want to go over a few that directly relate to Revelation. Okay? The first one is the sixth feast. I love it. The sixth feast happens to be Yom HaKippurim, the day of atonement. Isn't that funny? Here we have in Revelation chapter 6 the preparation for the great Rosh Hashanah, which is coming in chapter 7. This is it. This is like your season of Teshuvah. In chapter 6, when he lets loose those seven seals, it is the season of Teshuvah, the preparation for the Rosh Hashanah, for the coming of the king. It's not judgment against the church. It's your final preparation phase to preach the gospel on earth because God is merciful and he loves and he's just and he wants to make sure everybody that is going to turn to him, he's going to wait to the very last Gentile says, you're Hashem, I want you. And when he knows there's not another heart on earth that's going to turn to him, that's when he interludes. That's when he pushes the winds back. Do you understand? He sends these, these seals and this stuff on earth not to punish. I don't know why the mindset is that chapter 6 is a punishment. It's a preparation. Because like I said earlier, only in great tribulation can the gospel truly grow. Can the power and the strength of the gospel be finally seen? It's not seen in, you know, we complain because, oh, it's $4 a gas, whatever, oh my God, everything's going up, oh, look at this. Dude, there are nations, they don't even have cars for gas. They barely even eat. And we're complaining and moaning and thinking, oh, it's coming, it's coming. (laughs) What, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We are a very arrogant nation when it comes to things of God, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to the scripture in and of itself. Leviticus 23, 26 to 28, Hashem says to Moshe, the 10th day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur. You are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves. Understand this is what's happening. You are to deny yourselves and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Hashem. What is happening with all of these seals? Fire is raining down from heaven. And he's saying, I'm, I'm asking for sacrifice now. And you are not to do any kind of work on that day because it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai, your God. The sixth feast, that's crazy, is Yom Kippur. That's crazy. Let's go to another. 
The sixth spirit of God. Da'at. The spirit of knowledge. Right? But when we look at it, Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, I like what the first verse says. But a branch will emerge from the trunk of Yeshai. A shoot will grow from his roots. And the spirit of God will rest on him. What is happening in the sixth chapter with the sixth spirit of God? The knowledge, when that comes, it's the knowledge of what? Who has now emerged as the true conqueror of heaven and earth? The Messiah. You can't deny it. Which is why he says, when I stop and I pull the church, no human being alive of of the age of reasoning will ever see glory. You are all doomed and damned. It is the next generation, the generation of the children that were born during this time, the infants, the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds, the eight-year-olds who don't know how to make a choice that he's going to go after. Because he's saying, I'm done with you now. I'm done. I have separated the wheat from the tear, and I love my children so much. I am not going to leave the infant and the child and whatever to perish. I'm going to give them the same choice that others gave, which is why the 144,000 being chosen are 12 and 13-year-old children. They are going to carry you. That's why he puts his seal on their head. Because they're 12 and 13. And he's like, I'm not letting anybody touch my children. Why do you think Jesus said, don't keep the children from me. And if you do, it's better that you had a millstone to hold around your throat. You know what a millstone is? It's that wheel, right? And tossed into the deepest ocean. Because why? The stone, I've been. Because the revelation of God the Father and God the Son is going to smack everybody right in the teeth. And don't think for one second the people who refuse him don't know who he is. That's why he says, at this time you made a choice. There's no more. This is it. There's no mercy. And the sixth church of the seven was what? Philadelphia. That's right. The church at Philadelphia, I wrote it here to the angel of the Messianic community in Philadelphia, right? Here is the message of HaKodesh, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who if he opens something, no one else can shut it. And if he closes something, no one else can open it. I know what you are doing. Look, I have put in front of you an open door and nobody can shut it. I know that you have but little power, yet you have obeyed my message and have not disowned me. What he speaks to Philadelphia is about to happen in Revelation chapter 6. The door to the kingdom of heaven is now open because you have chosen me and you have not disowned me. You have preached my gospel. You don't think you have the power that you have and that's fine, but I've opened the door for you and nobody is going to shut it. And you know what? I shut down. I have shut down and I have closed the book on any sin that you've done wrong because you have loved me and no angel on in creation is going to open it. 
That is what Revelation chapter 6 is about. Will you love me as the creator of heaven and earth or disown me as the shisha and take on the characteristic of 666? Now you understand what 666 is. Now you understand why it's called a human number. And now you understand the difference and how Satan is going to tempt people because what does he in the end want? He wants to be worshipped. He knows he can't get to the throne of God, so he tries to get to the throne on the temple. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we lift this to you right now, Lord. And as always, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. In the precious name of Jesus, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Yeah,